Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Thursday, this is the Wesson Walker Show Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. We are almost there, folks. It's almost Friday, but we're here to entertain you today. Keep the text coming on the FanDuel text line 704-570-9610. We are loving the responses and the engagement. We try to reward you guys either by answering it in the text or reading them online. Follow us online as well hit that follow button on the wfnz twitter and instagram at west brian underscore 72 at walker mail at htb underscore josh and most importantly at wesson walker on twitter or x whatever is your preference walker you got something over well the theme of the show has been comparing all of us to basketball players but now we have shifted into making fun of me and what i would look like as a basketball player my plan it backfired after asking what fitty would be as a ball player and now everybody's focusing on me i like brian writing in on the FanDuel text line though walker is cody zeller not the most athletic person but when it's time to punch in he does the damn thing and he shows his toughness i have a better hairline than cody Zeller, but mostly I agree with that and I appreciate it. Last thing too, <laughs> Colin liked that one. So last thing I'll say, I'm working on a player hater comp for me where I will be comparing myself to some of the players that have been listed here today. And just a little teaser, instead of Keith Van Horn, I'll uh, compare myself to Keith Blandhorn. And so I got more of those lists coming up a little bit later on in the show. You're not going to want to miss me making fun of myself at, uh, with your help involved. So, All right. There you go. So with that said, now it is time to go to the campus. Kona, hang out with me, won't you? you? Get some chips, something to drink, and we can hang out on the corner. You know, campus corner. Hit the little sundries and all that. We can hang out on the corner. That's okay. right. At college. At college <laughs> yeah, now. We're you. not hanging out on the real corner. Just want to We're at sure. the college corner. Okay. All right. Hitting the sundry, watching the students go by. You know, it's almost sundress season, you know, if we were in college. Mm-hmm. All right. So talking about the Don't South Carolina Gamecocks. And uh, the season that they've been having, and they were off to a roaring start, reached as high as number 15, but have lost their last two basketball games. In South Carolina, when you look at their March Madness resume to this point, they are number 58 in the net rankings. They dropped eight spots. Uh, then their net evaluation tool, we just talked about that one as well, so my bad, got a little confused there. But despite going undefeated, undefeated in quad four games this season, the victories over Vanderbilt and George Washington pulled South Carolina down in the latest net rankings. The previous quad one wins over Tennessee, Kentucky, and Grand Canyon still boost their resume despite dropping to 3-3 three and three in that quadrant after the loss to Auburn. And then South Carolina remains undefeated against quad two and quad four teams and had its second loss to a quad three opponent, LSU, where they are now four and two. So do we think that South Carolina can keep this thing in the road? Are the wheels starting to come off or the talons starting to come off of the game? I was looking at Ken Palm, too with South Carolina and where some of these teams ranked when we were going with net rankings and all of that. And you can subscribe whatever you want to here with some of these rankings and the advanced metrics. But if you look at the luck rating for South Carolina, according to Ken Palm, they're right there at sixth. 
in the most lucky teams in all of college basketball, and they're by far, I, I won't say by far, but they're the luckiest team, according to Ken Palm, when it comes to Power 5 schools. The only teams that are beating them are Tarleton State, Central Michigan, UAB, and Quinnipiac. San Diego is the only other one ahead of them, and then it's South Carolina. And so now, I think it felt like people were a little hesitant to jump on the bandwagon with the Gamecocks. Like, it felt like there was always pushback, even despite destroying Kentucky, the game that they played that got floundered to skate around in a chicken suit. After that, mm. like, all right, still no love here. And yet, here South Carolina is starting to, wheels are getting a little rattly. They're still, to me, a team that could make some noise in the NCAA tournament, but. Yeah, man, I guess South Carolina's proven that luck uh, ranking to be a little true here with the way they've been looking. Biddy, what are your thoughts on the Gamecocks? Can they keep this thing straight and finish strong? I, I mean, I, I think it's it's possible. They're old. They've got a really good head coach in Lamont Paris. I think the thing is, is they're the byproduct of a team that played nobody in November and December and had a really good week, week and a half in the SEC where you beat Kentucky at home. You go to Tennessee and win. That's no flute, but you went to Alabama and got beat by 27. You went to Auburn and you got beat by 40. Like, that should be the telltale sign that this is kind of fool's gold. It's a good story. It's fun seeing that fan base energized in the men's basketball team with all the success that the women's team has had over the last decade. But I never bought in that South Carolina was a legit contender to win the SEC regular season or be a, a team that's going to be playing deep in the NCAA tournament. All right. Well, their remaining schedule, they are at Ole Miss, at Texas A&M. Then they got a couple of big opportunities to get a rematch with Tennessee at home on March 6th. Before that, they will take on the University of Florida before finishing at Mississippi State. Last night in ACC action, the Duke Blue Devils took down the Miami Hurricanes 84-55. to Boy, it is bad in Miami right now. They are getting rocked week in and week out. But they come out and get the job done, and the Blue Devils are on a roll now. Let's hear from John Shire about what he disagrees with as far as the perception of his team goes. I think some of that talk is kind of it's kind of funny to me because you know how many teams that in the country right now have 20 wins and people are talking about how tough are they or are they do they have dogs? How do you get 20 wins without having that? And you know our guys, you know, are they perfect? Have they had moments where they've? Uh, when I say our guys, that's our team. That's that's us as a staff. That's that's Duke. That's like, are there moments where we could have played better or we didn't play as? We didn't play through the contact like we needed to, of course. But that's part of, you could show that for any team in the country. That's why there's no team that's undefeated. And so I think some of the narrative, I don't, uh, I just flat out don't agree with, with our guys. So since they beat the Charlotte 49ers, they've only lost two games since then to Pittsburgh and to North Carolina. This team right now is currently on a five-game winning streak. You look at that game last night, Jeremy Roach led the way with 16 points. Mark Mitchell and Kyle Filipowski each have 15 points. And then Jared McCain, he only had seven points after his big 35-point outburst. But, man, did he have a dunk heard around the ACC last night, dunking on two or three Hurricanes defenders in a fast-break scenario. Walker, what are your thoughts on the Duke Blue Devils at this point? Are they turning into the team that we thought that they could be preseason? Yes, they are. I think that Duke is finally starting to put it together on a consistent basis. And you go back to that Charlotte game where they only lost two. 
um, since then. Pittsburgh, they actually won a ton in a row before they got to Pittsburgh, lose 80 to 76, and then you only lose North Carolina, which is the one team, I guess you're tied record-wise in conference, but then you start to look at the standings, and that's the only team that you have to try to catch up with, and that's it. Both at 12-3 and three in conference, losing the tiebreaker because you lost. This is a squad right now that is getting hot at the right time, as long as they continue it. That North Carolina-Duke game at the end of the season, not only is it going to be big because it's just a good old-fashioned best rivalry in sports type of game, but also it's going to matter to how you're seated going into the ACC conference, and it'll matter towards winning the regular season title. It's going to be monstrous for both of those squads. In North Carolina, Wes, they're not necessarily playing as good of a brand of basketball as they were at the beginning. So it's not like this dramatic passing with one team going the opposite direction compared to the other, but they're kind of in the middle right now with North Carolina coming back to the back to the pack. Duke starting to get up there with UNC and maybe the Blue Devils even pass them if they win once they get to Cameron Indoor. Monster matchup versus Wake Forest in Winston-Salem on Saturday. Then they've got Louisville, Virginia at NC State and then North Carolina, J.D., are you starting to get a little nervous about the game come March 9th and your chances of sweeping the Blue Devils? I mean, look, I'll say this as a guy that has said repeatedly during January and February, this team has the highest ceiling of any team in the league. I think Carolina, for the majority of the season, has been the better team, and that was evident in, in the first matchup. But I was never a non-believer in Duke's potential in the regular season, of course, in the postseason. I guess the question, Wes, to, to answer you is, is this becoming the team that we thought they were going to be? Does that answer change if they go on the road and lose on Saturday to a very good Wake Forest team at home? Yes, no, yeah. maybe. <laughs> yeah. Did you hear the question? Yeah, I did. I hear. I heard it. What he was asking you, yes or no? Anyway, I said yeah. I said okay. yeah. No, okay. I don't want that. Yeah. I said okay. yeah. No, it's all right. I just yeah. wanted to see what you were thinking of. No, because so. I was thinking too. I'm, I'm ready to hear Tyler Hansborough's comments because of what he said, and that's what John Shire was responding to people like him and people that think alike. Let's hear what Tyler Hansborough had to say about the Duke Blue Devils. Yeah, it, you know, it kind of reminds me of last year, uh, late in the year, uh, they were kind of peaking in the same Is way. That Patrick uh, Mahomes. But, uh, when I look at Duke, um, I still said early on in the year, I don't think that they were playing to the potential uh, that this roster provides them. And I think uh, Jared McCain is a guy who, to me, has taken a real big step. And I know he didn't have a huge game against Miami tonight, but the games previous, he's kind of broken out and, and kind of played uh, unbelievable. I saw him late in the Smith Center when my Tar Heels smacked him in the, in the Dean Dome. Oh. Uh, he kind of gave them a boost and a little lift. Uh, but also, you know, Jeremy Roach doesn't get a lot of credit, but he's a guy who's constantly playing well for them. Been a little consistent all year. He's a veteran player. I like him. Uh, you know, my question with Duke is can they handle physicality? Man, so that's exactly what John Shire was talking about. But they've been 16-2 and two since that Charlotte game on December 9th. I think that they can, and I do, uh, in fact, believe in this Duke team. Walker Mail, before we get out of here on the campus corner, Memphis and Charlotte, tough one last night for the 49ers. They shoot 43.5% from the field, but they go down, and they go down hard to Memphis. What were your thoughts on the game last night? Well, the second half got away from them, and they, they played well enough in the first half to give themselves a chance, but at the end, they just couldn't get any rebounds, and that was a big issue for the Charlotte team rolling in. I think that was the thing people pointed to right at the beginning, saying, hey, this is something you're going to have to worry about. I mean, Wes, it's terrible. 20 
20 total rebounds. Total. Yeah. For the Charlotte 49ers last night, Memphis had 38. The Tigers almost doubled their total on the boards. And you look at Lukai Patterson, 0 of 5 from him in 15 minutes of play, Got getting in foul trouble. Fouls, yeah. Terrible. Just a, a terrible performance from Lukai, who matters a ton to this team's success and would not be in this situation without him. But it was a terrible game for him last night. Really liked Deshaun Jackson, but and nine rebounds for him, just not a lot of uh, production elsewhere. And then you see Memphis just have a couple of guys get into double-digit production, you know, even off of the bench. You saw Walton come in and give you nine points. Look, it was tough. Five-point game going into halftime, only scored 17 in the second half because of that foul trouble and the inability to get a rebound. And so it got away from him. Second half got away from him. Memphis, desperate need of a win here because of Fitty's guy, Penny, might being ousted if they aren't able mm. to get to the NCAA tournament. That's a, that's a good win for them, and it will go a long way. Also, did you think there was some home cooking going on? Memphis attempted 14 more free throws than Charlotte. It was a 25-11 to 11 discrepancy. It was the largest minus margin for Charlotte this season, and the 11 free throws, the lowest mark since December 5th of 2023. The problem is, if we want to continue to talk about physicality, like Memphis was just getting all of these rebounds. Maybe there was a little home cooking, but not enough to matter. I mean, they got beat by almost 30. And the second half is when they separated themselves, too. And so, yes, maybe we can criticize the officials a little bit, but not enough for it to matter. Not enough for it to be a storyline coming into this game, in my opinion. There were plenty of other reasons as to why Charlotte lost this one. All right, and then also you had App State. They were a winner. They beat down Georgia State 93-67. to And then also tonight, App State will play Old Dominion. So they are going to be back in action yet again. That was the Campus Corner.